who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspective. All right. So, Madigan, you and I did our our warm-up already. We did our catch-up for the week. Yes. We're both, you know, going through it right now. It's Little a difficult bit. time to be alive. Yes. I Not mean, that we want to start every episode by saying it's a difficult time to be alive. Everybody knows. I mean, have we started it any differently in the last two and a half years? That's very true. <laughs> Look, you know, you know, listeners. You're all in the same place as us. Yeah. And also Mercury's in retrograde. So of course it is. That's probably why I'm so sleepy. I should I should consult an astrologer. Like, is this why I'm so tired all the time? Is it because of the planets? I don't know. I feel like for me, it's like maybe an iron deficiency or something. I I know. know. (laughs) I should start taking iron. I've been taking B12 for energy. I just ran Mm. out of of my B12 supplements. But that's uh, why you're so tired. Your body is lacking that B12 it's used to getting. Maybe. And I'm trying to substitute with caffeine and it is not working, my friend. Not the same kind of energy. No. (laughs) Different after effects. Oh, well, should we talk about some news stuff? Yeah. So I wanted to give an update on the Ghislaine Maxwell situation case. Wonderful. So there's good news uh, to follow up on our previous coverage. It looks like the verdict in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial may hold up after all. So if you remember, um, not last week, I think, but the week before we were talking about how it was possible that the verdict would be compromised because a couple of jurors uh, spoke to the media about their own experiences in the deliberation room and how they had revealed to fellow jurors that they had been victims of child sex, sexual assault and, um, that that could have prejudiced them. And so then Ghislaine's defense attorneys kind of like went into hyper mode to try and overturn this verdict. And the prosecutors well, and there was did seem also, to be running scared. 
Yeah, there was also the fact that these jurors may have lied on their questionnaires and things like that. That was kind of the other layers that they were going to go into the questionnaires and see if these jurors like blatantly lied when they were asked if they were or if they had had any experiences of sexual assault in the past. Right. And that appears to still kind of be up in the air. And that is the thing that I think will determine whether or not this ends up being a mistrial. But my mind was put somewhat at ease because I was thinking about this last night. And so I texted my friend who is a lawyer and I asked his thoughts on whether or not he thought the verdict was in jeopardy. And this is what he had to say. No. <laughs> Great. That, that's what he said at first. I had to kind of like press him for more of an explanation. And then this is what he said. And it's a little long, but I thought it was interesting. He said, people are allowed to bring their biases into the jury room, including being a victim. That is how the system is supposed to work. Collective experience and wisdom. If the juror was intentionally scheming to get on the jury to exact revenge, it could be that a fair verdict was impossible. The defense would have to show that a fair trial was impossible given the presence of this juror, and they cannot use any evidence about jury deliberations. Mm. Jurors repent convicting all the time and write letters saying how they were bullied or confused during deliberations or how another juror behaved improperly. It seldom overturns a verdict or never that I can remember. Not mm. because it's not concerning, but because the rules forbid the court from considering it. It's about finality of verdict and not opening Pandora's box. So they're basically like, what goes on in the jury room? stays there basically like you're not okay. supposed to dig into that too much right like if it was if it was part of the actual court case if it was obvious from the beginning I mean I guess that is still kind of the question when it comes to how the jurors answered their questionnaires I think that's going to be really telling but I think it's a really good point that whatever happens when they're in the jury room speaking about their own experiences like that's how you would come to a verdict anyways. But I can understand how you would have to identify whether or not that bias was harmful in the actual courtroom, you know? Right, right. Yeah, because the Supreme Court has held that any juror's statements or testimony about the inner workings of deliberations cannot be used by lawyers challenging a verdict or by a judge deciding whether to overturn it. So uh, there is this law professor from Southwestern Law School in Los Angeles who has written extensively about this subject, and he basically said that it's a black box. Like, that jury room is a black box. The 12 people show up, they do their job, and then they go home. We don't want the court to scrutinize every juror's considerations. We don't want to dig in and start policing how the jury reaches its verdict. So... All of that to say that likely this case will not be overturned, so that's very good, unless the juror lied during their questionnaire when they were asked if they had been a victim of sexual abuse, mm -hmm. or if the judge determines that if the defense had known the juror's histories during jury selection, that they could have challenged them for cause, because they were not impartial. So right. we'll see, but I'm hopeful. Now... When they were when they asked the jurors, like, do you remember this question being asked? They said they didn't remember it being asked. However, it was on the questionnaire. Yeah. So the juror said that if it was on the questionnaire, that he would have answered it truthfully. 
on the questionnaire, but he doesn't remember because he kind of like flew through the questionnaire very quickly. And then in the follow-up questions, Who I don't... Who is this person? Right? Like, like, they just do don't seem that? like they take anything seriously. <laughs> how do you not remember that? That does feel very fishy to me. Like, that is something and that I And these are all, like, like, this is a huge case. Yes. I don't know about you, but if I was on that jury, like, that would be a huge life moment for me. And I would probably remember a lot of detail. I mean, I'm not, like, I'm not trying to, like, blame this person or whatever it just it all does seem a little bit fishy to me yes and honestly and like and I'm not saying this obviously because I want anything to happen with this conviction I want it to stay the way it is but I have to say it does worry me when I hear this because we want Ghislaine Maxwell to stay guilty but what about someone who's like wrongfully convicted or like something bad happens like then would we want there to be some sort of policing of the jury? I don't know. Like, that's just kind of where my head went. Like, well, I don't think that there should be policing of what happens in the jury deliberation room. Like, I do think that there is some like sanctity as far as that is involved. However, that is why these questionnaires and these questions previous to and during jury selection are important. Like, right. you have to answer these questions. You have to preemptively do that before you even get to the jury right. room. And then whatever right. happens in the jury room happens. And that is how our legal system should work. And even if you speak to the media afterwards, it, should, it shouldn't matter. But what about, like, pressure or harassment or anything like that? Like, what? I, I know that you were saying that a lot of juries will later say that they were. But, like, what if there really was, like, some sort of coercion or harassment or anything like that for others to be able to come to a conclusion? I don't know. I'm just, like, that's where my well, you crazy know, head... Was going. I'm watching The Sopranos right now, and I just watched The Godfather for the first time, and in both of those, or The Godfather Part 2, and in both of those, there are, you know, court cases that are happening, and in Sopranos, yeah. that's what happens, is like one of the jury members gets intimidated by the mob, or whatever, right. and I imagine in a case like that, if you can prove that an outside kind of influence is intimidating the jury, I'm sure that there are rules, for lack of a better term. (laughs) Honestly, that's just making me think of the shocking 2002 Olympics in Salt Lake City with the pairs figure skating competition because there was all of this like threatening and money being passed around for them to make the Russian pairs team win when really the Canadian team should have won. It was a whole thing. There's documentaries about it. There's going to be an HBO document, like a whole series about it. I am so excited. I'm sorry. That just reminded me of that. But they had to kind of like go back and see like from where the corruption started within that whole event and things like that. I'm sorry. Again, my brain is tonight is just everywhere that's okay leave it to you to connect it back to figure skating or wizard of oz it's always going to be one or the other or golden girls or you know what i mean like it's just a thing uh but i guess the other part of that is the judge it doesn't seem like brought it up with these two jurors afterwards so there was the first round of jury selection where they had to fill out those questionnaires and then there was the second round where the judge then asked each potential juror specialized questions based on what they filled out on their questionnaire. And it doesn't appear as though the judge specifically at that point or at that stage of the jury selection process ever asked if they had been victims of that particular crime. And then there's also some kind of like ambiguity about Ghislaine Maxwell was facing like trafficking charges. She wasn't herself 
facing child sex abuse charges. See, that that is a really good point. And I didn't even think about that. Right. So it also kind of depends on how the question was asked, because oftentimes the question will be asked, like, were you a victim of a crime of the crime that is being that Ghislaine Maxwell is being accused of, right? And technically, oh. she's being accused of trafficking, not child sex abuse. So, okay, you know, there yeah. is kind of some a gray area there. So, Little loopholes in yeah. there. Yeah, I have okay. hope that her verdict will stand. And if it doesn't, I will be contacting my lawyer friend and telling him that he lied to me. <laughs> uh, but fingers crossed. As you should. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Okay, well, kind of sticking with the law theme, I want to talk about a Republican lawmaker that is trying to pass a bill that includes taking away rights for trans and non-binary people to be able to use their bathrooms in yeah it's like it feels like enough like you're beating a dead horse at this point like it has been like a decade i know i know it's a lot but there's this house bill 1126 that was introduced by this guy john avoli i keep wanting to say ravioli it's avoli and if passed it would require school boards in virginia to adopt policies that prevent trans students and staff from accessing restrooms that align with their gender identity it would also prevent trans people from using same-sex locker rooms and other changing facilities in public school buildings and extend to any same-sex lodging accommodations used during school-sponsored trips. The bill says that single-use restrooms and locker rooms should be accessible by request, but only if the school can reasonably accommodate such a request. Okay, I 
I don't understand how they think that this is better. Like to me, it's such a, a wild misunderstanding of what, of who trans people are. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like it's, there is still whether or not you agree with it. Right. There is still like it fucking exists. It doesn't matter. Like I think of what you're trying to say, like it doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. It exists and you have to be able to give people a right to use the fucking bathroom. Right. I lost you know my I mean? train of thought completely. So. No, I got you. <laughs> it's messy. But but yeah, it just it honestly, it doesn't make any sense to do this. Right. Because it's just like if you have a um, and I'll use these terms, but if you have somebody who's transitioning male to female. Right. And you are forcing them to be in a locker room or a changing room with women. There is still a man in that locker room. Yes, right? I guess that that's what I'm trying to say. It's and, just like you have a, and that's you have the a thing. very basic misunderstanding of what trans is. Totally. And I think that there's also probably going to be rules within a lot of the schools that you can't, that you're not going to have, um, you know, both sexes in the same locker room. So if you're transitioning, where are you going to go? Where where are you supposed to go? And then also there's this like very isolating aspect to it because Think about like when you would go to the bathroom with your girlfriends in school or when you would like go to a changing room or anything like that. Like I feel like that is such a part of like our social environment when we're young that even just not being allowed to like share the space with other people is like very isolating to have to like go somewhere and ask for a isolated space just for you. Like that's a very... It's demeaning. It's demeaning and it's yeah. taking away like a, a part. Like I know it sounds dumb because it's a bathroom, but like I have so many memories of shenanigans in bathrooms growing up and things like that. And it's it is part of like finding your sense of community, being with your friends no matter what, instead of having to be like, hold up, let me go over to the office, get a key to the separate bathroom. I can't. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like right. it's I mean, speaking as in my experience as a woman, right? Like that is kind of a joke that's always made. Like women go to the bathroom together. They go to the bathroom in like herds, right? Because right. we do like we go in there and we gossip and we chat and we like yeah. hang out. And we do our makeup and like it is it is part of that experience. Everyone talks about like, oh, all the the drunk girls you meet at bars and don't we miss all those friends we made in bars? Yes. And it's like, yes. yeah, there, there is a socialization aspect to all of but it, like, certainly. I even remember the boys in like my middle school, especially like they would all go to the bathroom together. I remember one in particular because he peed on the fucking radiator and made our entire floor smell like burnt piss. On purpose? On purpose. It was like a dare between like that. The boys had to have their bathroom door taken off because they were getting into so much shenanigans in the bathroom. Like we were like doing each other's makeup and like spreading gossip. They were, like, causing vandalism and making the whole school smell like pee. So it was very different. But, like, I feel like for, like, both genders in a way, there is kind of this, like, bathroom culture, which I don't know. I don't know why that made me think of it. But, like, to me, that seems very isolating to not do what everybody else is doing. But anyways, um, this bill actually goes against the Supreme Court ruling in favor of Gavin Grimm, who was banned from using the correct bathroom in 2014 when he was 15 years old. A federal court ruled that the school's ban was discriminatory in 2019, and the ruling was upheld by an appeals court the following year. So he is going up against a Supreme Court, not hearing, what's the word I'm looking for? Judgment 
Along with the atrocious anti-bathroom policy, Avoli's bill would also allow any parent to opt their child out of any class or course activity, lesson, or assignment that the parent objects to. And of course, you know what the next thing is I'm going to say. What am I going to mention next? Oh, I don't know. Critical race theory. Okay, Keegan, I was critical say race that, but theory. I wasn't sure if we were taking that turn yet. All right. Okay. okay I so see. I a- knew. I knew there'd be some level of like wavelength between us. So this was a. It was almost like a loophole for them to get at that as well. Yes, it's right, like they made like intentionally vague legislation in their wording, right? Okay, exactly. Yeah, so it would prohibit schools from teaching that the U.S. is quote fundamentally racist or that oh quote. Any individual is racist, privileged, oppressive, biased, or responsible for the actions committed by others of the same race. How do you teach history? How do you teach history? There's going to be no morals. It's it's just going to be this happened. But like the point of learning and teaching history is to be able to learn from history so we don't fuck up again the same way in the future. Like without having those morals and understanding... you're not even giving kids an education. Right. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. I saw a tweet that I saved and I've, I've had it saved for a while that said, and it, and it really like stuck with me. And it said, you know, I've never seen a black parent ask their opinion on how race is taught in schools. Like mm. it's always white parents who are talking about how tough this is for them and their kids. And yeah. I've never seen a parent of color be asked about how they feel about how their kids are being taught in schools. Like, why is that? Mm, I like that. That's that's a really important distinction to make. Yeah, I mean, and also, like, to take it back to, you know, the the trans bathroom issue, which for some reason is is still an issue. um, (laughs) What year are we in? (laughs) It's it's so wild to me, and it's, it's just so unbelievably discriminatory. It makes me think so much about why people are so up in arms about J.K. Rowling, for instance, right? Because she has been propagating this idea or this belief that having trans people in bathrooms is dangerous. And like, what are you saying about trans people that you're saying that they're all inherently dangerous or that it could be used for um, less than savory reasons? Like somebody who's unscrupulous could pretend to be trans to get into a woman's And I can't remember if it was a mini episode or if it was a full-length episode where we talked about that a lot. We did a full-length episode on on J.K. Rowling. Yes, we did. That's what I thought. But was it, but not just J.K. Rowling, but talking about um, the idea of like creating fear and danger surrounding these people and like that whole idea. I remember going into that at some point. We did an episode on the Netflix documentary Maybe that was where we talked about it a lot. But there is some episode where we go into that a lot. And it is it's well, so important to remember. Not really. There isn't a lot of evidence that that is a thing that happens. And because yet it's it fucking is a thing not. that TERFs point to constantly. And a thing that these people who are making these legislation, um, you know, all of these bills and laws and yeah. proposing these To ideas, me, that's like, that would be like a predator, not a trans person. Like, I don't right. think a trans person's reason behind transitioning would be in order to get into someone else's 
bathroom. Like that sounds like the movie plot for a movie from the 90s. Like it's, it's that's simply, not actually going to happen. It's simply a way for you to try and justify your bigotry. You're hiding yes. behind this thing where you can say like, okay, but this could happen and that is scary and I can hide yeah. behind my fear when really what you're saying is I'm uncomfortable and I don't want to change. I don't I don't like change. Yeah. You know, like that's what you're saying. Uh, it's it's ridiculous and I'm uh, enough upsetting <laughs> enough yeah. with the bathroom stuff stop just poop and pee where you please I don't need to know anything else about it yeah uh okay so the next headline for the next topic that I have uh is things are not looking great for old Mr. Trump let's get into it <laughs> let's get into it uh his Wednesday in particular was very bad it was not a good day for him on Wednesday, the New York Attorney General, Letitia uh, James, said that her investigation into the Trump organization has turned up a number of, quote, misleading statements and omissions in tax disclosures and financial statements used to secure loans. As a result of those findings, she said that she needs the former president, as well as Ivanka Trump and Donald Trump Jr., to testify about what they knew and when they knew it. She's like, mm. Mm. A lot of this stuff doesn't stack up. On that same day, Wednesday, the Supreme Court allowed more than 700 documents from the presidential record to be sent to the U.S. House Committee investigating the attack on Jan 6. Ooh! Mm -hmm. The documents include activity logs, schedules, speech notes, and three pages of handwritten notes from the then White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows. Paperwork Ooh. that could reveal goings on in the West Wing as Trump supporters gathered in Washington and overran the Capitol. In October of last year, Trump had tried to sue the House Select Committee investigating this attack, as well as the National Archives to stop these documents from being turned over. Mm -hmm. And on Wednesday, the Supreme Court was like, no. Not today. Yeah. No, not going to happen. Um, Trump's week continued to be shitty when on Thursday, the Fulton County District Attorney in Florida requested a special grand jury as part of an investigation into Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election results in the state. Oh, shit. So this is all on top of the fact that he is currently facing a probe into his business practices by the Manhattan District Attorney, as well as a lawsuit from his niece, Mary Trump, Yep. Who's alleging that who wrote a tell all book about him hates this man. Oh, yeah. Uh, but she is alleging that he, his sister and his late brother committed fraud to keep her from getting her fair share of the Trump estate. Mm. So besides just wanting to see this walking pile of shit fail at right. every available opportunity. Right. And I, yeah, I do. Uh, it's also good because it could pose as a potential impediment to Trump's return to the political stage. Thank so, God. Make totally, it stop. Yeah. I mean, I still think, unfortunately, I believe with all my heart that we are going to lose or we. I don't even want to include myself anymore. I'm going to stop doing that. The Democrats. Democrats are going to lose the midterms. And I mm -hmm. think that Democrats will also lose in 2024. Um, yeah, we're not doing so great right now. President Biden isn't looking so good. It is 
bad out there, my friends. Remember when we were really happy about Biden for like two seconds? Well, the thing is, that was a good day. (laughs) Happy Biden won, right? Of course. I mean, the alternate was would have been options disastrous. But I mean. Still not so pleased that it's him. He's done no. a really shitty job. No, but at least we can hold out hope that with all these legal hurdles that Trump has to jump through, that it will keep him from being able to run in 2024. So we right. can cross our fingers for that. It might be our only hope because not to be bleak, but I really do feel like if he runs in 2024, he's going to win. So Yeah, for real. And, I, and look, my mental health cannot handle it okay no I mean we thought we were moving to Canada the first time like we're really moving to Canada. <laughs> I can't do it I'm already like barely hanging on right I with, won't with do Omicron it. with the last couple of years we've had <sighs> like I yeah my friends are already talking about like oh, I can't wait for ha- hot vac summer again and I'm like is this just gonna be every year every like, year every year although I have to lives, say so happen I, I I'm not going to get into it because we don't have as much time, but I did take some notes about Omicron this week. And I do have to say that I'm not Dr. Fauci. I'm not a doctor. Do not take any of this as medical advice for me in any way, shape or form. But because we are starting to see things improve on the East Coast right now, like in New York and things like that, it looks like it's going from east to west, which is the same way that it started, um, that we should start seeing numbers improve. And they're saying that one positive thing about Omicron being as aggressive as it was is that it could be one step closer to herd immunity because everybody will have either been infected or immunized. Except you and me. Except you and me. Well, Well, we're we're immunized. immunized. Right. But they're saying that if enough people got it or have the vaccines, that that's going to help us reach herd immunity as well. So, again, I just read a couple articles (laughs) that I felt like were legit from good sources. I'll put them in. I'm not a doctor. Please don't quote me. Saying anything medical always makes me so nervous. Um, But, yeah, so it does look like there should be a light at the end of the tunnel. Knock on wood. I hope so. I'm so pessimistic at this point that I'm like, I just would love to someday feel okay going into a grocery store without a mask on someday. I would also just like to be able to make plans again. You know what I mean? Like I felt like we were kind of getting back to that. And now I'm like, I've got a birthday party and and I'm like, I don't know. Like probably Uh, not. I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I have been trying to put on shows. I've got a show that I'm supposed to be traveling to Springfield for in the spring. And I, I just don't know. Like everyone I know has Omicron right now and we're trying to hold auditions and we're trying to figure out like, okay, we need to go back to having like really strict protocols because we cannot be, we cannot have people getting sick. You know? Yeah. It's insane. Everybody. All right. Well, that's all we have for you today. If there's anything that you want us to touch on next week, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on our Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Before I forget, I almost forgot, I wanted to mention that y'all have nine days, 10 days. How many days are in January? 31? 31. 31. So you have 10 days left to get your holiday Slay the Patriarchy merch 
getting ready for next holiday season. So you've got only a little bit of time left to get that. If you want any of our merch, you can go to our Instagram and go to the link in our bio. You can also go to our Facebook. We have a business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. Last but certainly not least, the best way you can possibly support us is by giving us a positive five-star review with a quick sentence about why you enjoy the show on Apple Podcasts. So if you haven't done so already, please, please, please do so. And we will you love to you everyone forever. who has done so recently because oh my gosh, I mean, yeah. we've been getting new reviews at least once a week for a while now, and it's been absolutely wonderful thank you so so much we really appreciate it yeah like I know that it's like we say it every episode and we like tell you what's important but honestly that truly is the best way that you can support us and it means a lot to us not just to see the wonderful things that you have to say about us and the show but seeing your support in that way really does help us progress further and we really really appreciate you showing the love so thank you all right that's all we have for you today with all that being said we encourage you to rage, rage on. on. Bye. In a world saturated with glossy facades comes a podcast that's breaking barriers. This is Reppin. It's where we do a deep dive into subjects like belonging, to mental health, to courage, and more. On Reppin, you'll meet the faces you think you know and discover their untold stories. It's real, it's intimate, and it gives you insight into the real person behind the images. In a world of pretense, Reppin strips it all down. No filters, no facades. Learn and be empowered, and find inspiration through thought-provoking stories that resonate with your journey. Every episode is an exploration into the truths and values that make us who we are. Representation, it's not just about race or gender. It's about you. Reppin ensures that every voice is heard. Every story is valued. So be seen, be heard, and be represented. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts.